Hi, and welcome to the CE Pro Podcast. I'm Executive Editor Arlen Schweiger. You know, there aren't too many custom installation companies that can say they've been in business for 50 years, but that's the case with Stereo Barn in Berks County, Pennsylvania. Owner Charlie Bach has carried on his father's retail legacy for decades, and his daughter Meredith is now involved in the business. Bach chatted with CE Pro Editor Jason Knott about how the family business engages with the local community, what challenges for the retail and custom installation divisions of his business loom, and how he effectively complements those divisions under one roof. As always, be sure to subscribe to CE Pro's YouTube channel and hit that like button on our videos, or subscribe to the CE Pro podcast on Apple and Spotify and leave a review. Hi, Jason Knott with CE Pro, and I am excited to be joined today by Charlie Bach, owner of Stereo Barn in Berks County, Pennsylvania. Hi, Charlie. How you doing, Jason? Thanks for joining me today. You know, Charlie is something special. You can count probably on one hand the number of consumer electronics retailers and custom integrators who've been around for 50 years. That's five zero. That's the anniversary that Stereo Barn is celebrating. So congratulations. That's quite an achievement. Well, thank you very much. We're very happy and proud here. All right. Tell us about uh, the brief history of Stereo Barn. Sure. Stereo Barn was founded actually by my father uh, when I was much younger. Uh, so he, he opened the business in 1971 in his retirement. Uh, my father actually had worked in the consumer electronics industry in the 50s and 60s. He worked for companies like Zenith, Westinghouse, Telefunken, and JVC. And it was actually in his retirement uh, that uh, we moved to Pennsylvania from New York, which is where we're from. And he decided to, this is the place he wanted to live, and he decided to open up a retail stereo shop. He had never worked in the retail side of the industry. And it was a real gamble. Uh, he opened up a stereo, component stereo shop in 1971 in a rural area in an old barn-like building in the middle of cornfields. Uh, it's not something I would even do today. Yeah. So tell me about, the, you, you mentioned the retail element when did you get involved in the business? And tell us kind of the, the evolution of how uh, you integrated, started integrating custom installation into Stereo Barn. Sure thing. We, uh, in 1971, uh, my father was selling component stereo uh, and, and he was always trying to carry things that you couldn't find in the area uh, locally, better equipment than you found normally in this area. And I used to hang out there as a kid and uh, through my teenage years, it was a cool place to be. Uh, if you couldn't be, if you weren't in a rock band, uh, you know, working at a stereo shop was the next best thing at the time. So it was primarily a retail store throughout the 70s and even into the 80s. Uh, our our uh, foray into custom installation came one day when I got a call from a friend who somehow magically was doing contracting work. And he had gotten this job to renovate a 1930s mansion in, in the Berks County area. It was three stories plus a basement. He calls me over, I'm looking at this house and it's like plaster, <laughs> horsehair plaster, masonry. I mean, it was like old, they're gutting it, renovating it. He says, this guy wants a lot of audio stuff throughout the house. And we looked at this project and he said, can you do it? And, you know, of course I said, sure, we can do it. We, we had no installation department. We had no, no workers, but we actually designed and engineered a system, pulled off wiring this house, put in an excellent sound system. That customer, by the way, is, is still a good friend and customer to this day. And that's what really got us started. That was about 1985. 
and so from there, we just started to add, you know, we added one full-time technician, one truck, and we grew from there. And, and that was really the beginning for us was 1985 in CI. So when you look at the business right now, what's uh, you, how much are you doing you know, with custom installation and, and how, how did the pandemic affect that part of the business? Well, what's interesting is, I, I mean, I would say 80% of our sales are installation dependent. So even if they're made in the retail showroom, uh, they need to be installed. The retail showroom has been a great place to showcase product and show people that are interested in seeing it, how these things might work in their home. So we have the ability to, you know, to show showcase lighting control, uh, whole house audio system control. And, uh, but still 80% of our sales are installation dependent. Uh, the pandemic initially changed things in that uh, for the first couple of months, nobody wanted us in their house. They were scared. Uh, my people didn't want to go into their house. They were scared. So it was, it was a strange time for a few months. But when we started to really reopen after about three months, the demand just went through the roof. And, and obviously people realized they were stuck at home. They were quarantining. People were working from home all of a sudden. The kids are at home from school. The demand and the need for increased networks, uh, robust, secure networks in their homes, home entertainment surround system it just went through the roof so uh the pandemic um actually has helped our business i think it's helped a lot of people in our industry it certainly has altered the landscape but the demand for home entertainment is very strong as a result you mentioned the showroom give us a sense of what the showroom is like and how it's evolved over the years yeah the the, the showroom has uh you know originally uh, was, you know, a typical stereo store with shelves and racks of equipment and just tons of stuff. And, um, you know, I, I got interested in unique showroom design uh, in the late 80s, uh, early 90s through uh, seeing seminars like at Para and whatnot. And, uh, you know, started to evolve what how we presented things early on. I was always very interested in that retail presentation, uh, showing things to people in a unique lifestyle environment how it's going to look in their home more than just a wall of equipment. And uh, in the current showroom we're in now, which we've been in in about 14 years, we'd actually built an entire house in the back of the show. We had a retail showroom in the front. We had this house in the back that you walk through on a tour and it had a kitchen, it had a really cool outdoor area that, that looked like the outdoor. We, we, we fixed it up uh, to look like someone's outdoor area with the outdoor speakers. We had, a living area, a full-blown theater, like we would build in your basement, a sports bar, uh, and uh, some, some listening areas. We wanted to show people how this stuff looked and would work in their home. And uh, that has been very successful for us. So today, our showroom consists of a two-channel stereo room, a dedicated home theater, which I'm actually sitting in. Uh, the sports bar area we have has morphed into kind of a sales counter consultation area. Uh, and then there's still a formal living room and a kitchen area and um, the outdoor seating setting. We also used, it was a working kitchen, uh, which we would allow groups that we would host events here. We would host, we would let nonprofits come and hold a small cocktail mixer in our showroom. We would allow, I had some financial wealth managers from uh, the local Merrill Lynch office of customers. They would bring clients here. They would bring food in, have a cocktail party and have a seminar for 10 or 15 of their top clients. 
and I used to think, wow, I would, I would pay to get these people to come in. And, you know, here other people were bringing them in. So this showroom has been a very valuable part of our sales efforts. Yeah, that sounds really cool. So you mentioned some of the hot areas, like you're able to do lighting control, the home office, mm-hmm. you know, people stuck at home, home entertainment. What do you say are kind of even your outdoor area? What are some of the, the hot areas or is it kind of basically across the board at this point? It's, it's across the board. Uh, definitely stereo, two channel stereo. Ha- we've seen a big increase in that. Uh, and even and specifically at the higher end, people are really investing in good stereo equipment again, which is a nice trend. But yeah, the home networking thing, became, you know, that's actually something we don't actually go out and look for. It comes to us. But all, all of our customers were calling us saying, hey, you know, my network's bogging down. The kids are at home trying to do homework. I'm here. So we've done a massive amount of network updating in homes. And, and we're good at justifying what a secure, robust network should be for those that are interested in it. Surround sound and home theater has been big. It's just people are, let's face it, everyone's streaming, everyone's sitting and watching movies, binging on movies every night, watching things. It's a big point of entertainment. So we, we've seen an increase in all areas of our product categories. So when a customer comes into Stereo Barn, do you have like a formalized um, scripted demo or you just kind of find out where they want and you, you kind of direct them to an area and then showcase it or how does that what's that customer experience like yeah a lot of a lot of people particularly if they're interested in in custom installation services they've usually called in advance we've kind of pre-qualified them on the phone what are they looking for uh so we know in advance we kind of you know question them about what what we can do we we explain what we can do we question them about they want so by the time they come in here yeah we've got a plan as to what to show them specifically for their needs uh an amazing amount of people still don't come into projects with people that never come in here but the fact is is that this showroom has helped us a lot with those other people because they can visualize it and yeah we we have a kind of a scripted approach to what we show them based on what they told us they need and it's also a good place to expose them to those additional technologies they may not have been thinking of or they may not be aware we offer um you know lighting control is a great example um not many people actually call and say i want a lighting control system I mean, that's our experience. They come in, they're looking for whole house audio, they're looking for automation. But when we, we say, by the way, you know, we are, we're a Lutron Pro certified dealer, would, would you be in? And they go, well, what does that do? I said, you can tell when you tell them you never come home to a dark house. You can do the, you, you stress the security aspects or the, the safety aspects or the convenience aspects. It opens people's eyes. They don't know that, that they wanted that product, but when they come in and see it and they understand you can do it, it's usually a nice add-on. You mentioned how, uh, you know, your dad founded the business, you're involved in the business and the family business. Um, it, it sounds like you really in, has enabled you to connect with the community, you have the events. How important of an element is it? You know, I know so many integrators struggle with that, how they connect with their with their local community. And, and you mm-hmm. guys have been able to do it, not just from longevity, but but for for all the reasons you just mentioned. How valuable is that to have that family-owned business? And, and what does that mean to customers when they come in and, and you talk about that with them? Oh, it's extremely valuable. Uh, you know, pointing out to people that you are a local family-owned business is big. Uh, people are so used to a homogenized experience at, at those big box merchants or, or the, the anonymous experience of purchasing things online that 
there are a lot of people that value supporting a local business and they like that. Um, my actually my my 36 year old daughter works for me. She is our lead technician. She has a degree and an advanced degree in electrical technologies. She started here in the warehouse as a as a young kid and she now leads our installation department. She's a valuable asset. I, I actually it's kind of funny because I've always been really, you know, proud of being out in the community and, and, and I work on a lot of boards and have volunteered. And uh, I remember one day when someone came up to me and said, excuse me, are you Meredith's dad? <laughs> and, and i remember I, and i realized clicked like a light switch and went, wow she's an asset all of a sudden uh this personable young lady who is technically capable and goes into people's houses and amazes them uh all of a sudden she she's like this public relations asset so you know we've promoted the fact she's the third generation she's you know the granddaughter of our founder of my father um so we're putting her out front and center in a lot of advertising and publications and places, but it's big and people love that. They get to know you. They become, you know, they come, it's like your family or your family to them. Um, being around for so many, for 50 years, uh, we're actually now realizing we're dealing with some of the young grandchildren of some of our original customers. And people like that continuity. They, they, there's, there's, you know, you go to a store where you don't see the same person twice. Let's face it. Most of the places we go, we never see that same salesperson again. Uh, and, and the fact that you can go to a place of business and see the same owner or have the same installer come to your house after 15 or 20 years, that's big. That's really big. That's very, very cool. All right, let's put on our, our crystal ball or look at our crystal ball for a second and, and, and see where we think the industry is heading. Obviously, the retail uh, side of the business has had challenges with you know, the Internet. We have custom installation. You just mentioned you know, the, the challenges that, that faced you during, when the pandemic was first hitting. Give me a sense of what, what is your outlook for the future of uh, both the retail side of the business and the custom installation side of the business? Well, I mean, I, I see a bright future for our industry. It, yes, it has its ups and downs, but there's, there's always going to be demand for our products and services. And, you know, what's unique is that we've always got new things to offer. If you look at what we're doing today, I've always looked at what I do today and I say, wow, I'm in a different business than I was five years ago. And five years ago, I was in a different business from five years before that. So we've got credible uh, technology, innovation. People want our stuff may not be the whole population, but there is a large percentage of people that value our equipment and our services and want it into their homes. So uh, the need and demand for CI is, is going to continue to grow. Um, you know, do it yourself, I think will grow, but it'll never take over what we do. It, it, it's, it, it's a part of our business. I think it's a smaller part, but most people really, they want, they don't want to become an expert at something. They want to know someone who is. Uh, they want to hire us. They want to have a, they want to come home at the end of a project, have us put a remote control in their hand and, and just show them how to use it. So I think the, the education, the installation, these things are going to grow. Uh, the retail side of business has certainly been challenged. Uh, there's a fraction of the, the independent retailers left today that there was even 20 years ago. Uh, but that I use that as an advantage. Uh, at one point, my, my accountant said to me, Charlie, you want to be the last guy standing in your area? And he was right. Uh, Jason, today, uh, where we are located in southeastern Pennsylvania, 
You have to go almost 300 miles to Pittsburgh until you hit the next audio open audio store, a place that has some open hours that a customer can walk into and see and hear product and have it demonstrated. It's 300 miles to the West. There's no one else in between. So there's vast areas. We are in a secondary market, to be polite, tertiary market, really. Uh, so we are drawing people now from a wider and wider area because they, I mean, people are coming 75, 100 miles to get to my showroom because we're one of the few places left that they can go to to see product. So I think that there's always going to be a, a need for a retail spaces in our industry. It's not as great as it was. And I wouldn't want to rely on the retail store strictly for my business. It is, it is part of one of the components that we use, like CI, to uh, stay, stay relevant. Yeah, and as you said, I think that the DIY side of the business from a long-term standpoint is really a feeder from an awareness standpoint uh, to, um, to custom installation. And somebody told me something interesting. I thought it was a great line that, that millennials aren't necessarily tech savvy. They're tech dependent. And that's, that's the way to look at, you know, they depend yeah. on all these things to work. They may not know how they work, but they depend on, on the work. Yeah. So I think there's even a big generation coming through with your daughter that is going to be uh, even a higher demand for custom insulation. Mm -hmm. um, all right. So what do you think are some of the, the, you mentioned some of the challenges. Are there any other particular challenges? Obviously the labor issue is a, is a big issue that's big one. faced everybody for such a long time, but yeah. what challenges are you facing right now? Yeah, the, 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 that's the biggest challenge. You know, uh, finding capable talent in the, in the CI for, to, to work in the CI world is, uh, uh, I mean, it used to be difficult and it stopped being difficult, and then it became exceedingly difficult, right, at some <laughs> point. Um, I, you know, installation technicians, in all honesty, are some of the most talented tradespeople in, in, in the country, in the world. If you really think about all the skills that a good CI installer has to have, uh, it's incredible. It is a challenge to find these people. You know, they're really not coming out of school like, you can look at electricians, plumbers, other tradespeople. They're doing the same thing they did for decades, right? Electrical technology didn't change. Plumbing hasn't changed. What we do changes weekly, monthly. There's new technologies all the time. We need people that are uh, uh, skilled at, at what they do now and are able to learn the new technologies. If they have people skills, we have some of the most talented individuals i think in the country and i say we i mean the ci industry these these installation techs are great they're hard to find they're hard to find they're hard to keep uh you got to keep them interested they have to be uh treated well and um it, it's a constant battle i don't see that changing that there will always be a high demand from from all of us looking for these people that really is the greatest challenge we have I think the other challenge, uh, which has been been minimized a bit with, with lately, is just being relevant. Uh, there was a time there I'd say I was a little little distressed about the relevance of our product to most people, and you know you just sense it. You go to parties, you go to events, you talk to people. It was like they didn't care about our stuff and what we did. And it, it, well, it is a smaller niche of consumers that are interested in what we do, but uh, it's an affluent niche, and it is a niche that I do think is growing. And it's a niche that has a higher interest. So I'm, I'm happy with that. But I, I did perceive for years a challenge. And people just didn't think we were relevant. You know, listening to a stereo, as an example, used to be a pastime. Uh, 
it's it's much less so. And when I took my son to college and moved him into a seven floor dorm building, uh, I remember him calling me about a week or two later. He said, Dad, I'm the only kid in this building that has an actual stereo system, you know, an actual component stereo system. No one else have it. It just wasn't a pastime. So uh, there's that generational thing, right? Is this a baby boomer phenomenon? Uh, do these younger people, will they adapt from listening to their streaming music on their on their earbuds to what we want them to do? Um, you know, those are those are some of the challenges. But I think I think there's some bright spots out there. I do think that will happen. I think their interest in our product and services grows as they get older. So what gets you going every day? What's your favorite part of the job? Oh, man. Um, you know, I, I, I am I, I am an old retailer at heart. Right. I grew up. I cut my teeth with with that. I, I actually enjoy the occasional interaction with a good client. I, I don't get to do it as much as I used to, but I, I like engaging with some of my old customers. There's a thrill of um, working with someone, pointing out what they need, helping them find what they want, uh, having a good outcome, going and visiting a job site where my project is getting done. Uh, to me, that's that's. You know, that's that's the, the thrill that keeps me going. Yeah, I mean, you really are a dream maker. You know, these people are dreaming of, of they a lot of people don't know about uh, what great audio is until you present it to them. And they same thing with video Correct. and they don't know what a quality network is until you present it. So when you deliver all these great things mm -hmm. that in many cases they don't even know, you're like, uh, you know, it's a giant wow moment. So, yeah. all right. What would you say are your keys to success and, and maybe what advice would you have for other integrators who might be uh, listening to this about what they can do to be successful? Well, you know, there's several things. And again, I have the luxury of time. I've, I've been doing I've personally been doing this you know, for now for almost 40 years. Uh, so there's a couple of things that I would suggest to anyone uh, in business. Number one, remember to plan for the long term. It's really easy to just look at what you're doing that day or that week or the projects that are on your plate immediately. But, you know, spend some time working on your business and planning and doing things that are going to benefit you long term. Very important. Number two, uh, I have the ability here at a smaller market to become well known in my community. I've spent years, decades volunteering, being part of nonprofit boards showing up at events, uh, networking locally to a point where the awareness of my business is very great in this community. And again, I can do that here because it's a smaller community. Uh, number three, take advantage of our industry. Uh, you know, one of the best things about our industry really is the people that are in it. And from an early age, I learned that there was there were a lot smarter people out there than me. And I could learn from them. Never be afraid to learn from other people in your business. Go to buying group, belong to a buying group, first of all. Go to meetings, go to the trade shows, uh, network with these people. Teach someone else what you know, but don't be afraid to learn what you don't. And that has helped me in all areas of my business for decades. I've, I've learned from some of the best, actually. Great advice. So 50 years in business, and I know obviously the uh, the uh, the pandemic has put a little bit of a, a fly in the ointment, but what are you doing to commemorate that 50 year anniversary? <laughs> yeah, that, that it's interesting. We started planning it two years ago. And, uh, and as I said, it, it's just the pandemic changed everything. We had to suspend any all planning and then 
we were planning events and you couldn't have people in your showroom. Uh, the whole thing has changed dramatically. So a prime focus of our 50th anniversary became promotion and market awareness in our local market. So we've got an extensive public relations campaign going with local medias and even in neighboring communities, business journals, magazines, newspapers, who's ever out there uh, that's willing to uh, uh, do a profile on us. So we're we're, as I said earlier, we're getting a lot of people driving much further to come here. I want to get that awareness in their communities. We uh, earlier this summer uh, in, in nicer weather, we did a free to the community outdoor movie night. So uh, we actually bought a uh, movie screen from a bankrupt movie theater. I uh, went and took that down. That was an interesting day. We had no idea what we were getting into. So we bought this massive movie theater screen. I had a frame built on the back of my building and uh, behind us, we had this perfect kind of parking lot and this Woodstock like lawn and field that goes up to a church at the top of the hill. So you could put a few hundred people out there. And uh, we got Sony was nice enough to uh, lend us a commercial projector and we built a sound system and we held this free to the community movie night. And, you know, the church helped promote it. They were out there giving away popcorn and the neighbors were all on board and, it was a big event, uh, and that was our kind of our, our launch of a 50th anniversary event, just a way to thank the community. Uh, we have a series of promotions planned, more of a uh, event night. We will be doing an introduction uh, of the New Bowers and Wilkins 800 uh, Diamond Four series. We have specific uh, events for uh, the, the Sound United Group, who's a big supplier, Denon and Morantz. Uh, I assume it's okay for me to be mentioning brand names. Oh, absolutely. Yep. I didn't ask that question. Uh, Sony, we have a Sony event to showcase. Uh, these are not necessarily sales. We don't have enough product to give away on sale. And we also have enough business going on right now that we're not, you know, we're, we, we have, we have more, almost more installation work than we can handle. So these are going to be more educational and awareness events on the new Sony Master Series and the new Sony uh, projectors. Uh, our big, I'd say our big key, key event is in November, uh, Macintosh, uh, Charlie Randall from Macintosh will be coming here uh, to meet with some of my good clients and to do a product introduction from our showroom. Uh, he will be, I can't say anything about the product, but it's a, uh, it's a key, it's a reintroduction of something from a time frame back when we opened our business. So there's this cool tie in with that. Uh, in addition, we'll be doing uh, like a Founders Day event for our, our larger clients and so forth. That's what we have planned. Sounds like a busy schedule. And again, Charlie, congratulations on 50 years in business. And uh, let's uh, let's I'll hope for 50 more. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Let's put that <laughs> on our calendar now. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks All right, for Tracy, joining hey, CE Pro today. Thank you very much, man. I really appreciate it. Good to see you again. 